0: are you Are you going to say Luke or do we not like Luke? I don't know if we need a Yankees red wall crossover that might make me insufferable.
1: <laughs> ok. Well, welcome all you otters and stouts. Wait, though, what is logalog? A shrew. True. Okay, sorry. Starting over. <laughs> welcome all you otters and shrews to our second series of Rosa and Rachel's Redwall Report. We are starting Mossflower, second in publication order, but somehow a prequel to Redwall. How are you feeling?
0: Well, I didn't remember it very well. And that's because it just wasn't very good. The art at the beginning of the chapter is, I remember very, very vividly. Mm-hmm. But there's just like a good 60% of the plot that I don't remember if, like, I totally forgot that Danny existed at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. In some ways, it's a better book than Red Bull. Like,
1: I remember reading it for the first time again and just getting into it a lot faster. I think he had figured out some things, but then it's also a lot more needlessly complex in a very significant way, which we'll we'll go over. But before we do, we are drinking some elderflower cordial made
0: by Good Wives Sickle. She very kindly provided us with some elderflower lemonade. And also fermented juniper berries in yours and fermented agave in mine. Yes,
1: there we go, <laughs> fermented juniper berries and fermented agave. I'm not sure that they actually, no, they have wine, right? So, drinking wine. An October ale. An October ale, yeah. Well, I should have had an October ale, but it's too hot for that. So in our moss flower episode, we have a lot of really great discussion. We're gonna talk about the plots and we're gonna kind of talk about what's going on with all of the the sudden kind of like late breaking villains that's happening, continuing our conversation from the Redwall series and talking about the kind of violence must come up with in order to get out of the situation that they're in. Definitely kind of more blatant racism in this book. And I think we will also, at some point in this series, have a special guest to talk about the villain, the
0: main villain in this, in this book. Sound good? That's right. So we're going to leave our commentary about Sarmina to that episode yes so hold
1: on you know we're definitely going to mention sarmina but our main kind of like digging into it will be will be a little later episodes to come okay i'm going to try my hand at summarizing
0: this text we'll see i mean you forgot lagalag is a shrew so i'm excited for, <laughs> for this
1: <laughs> i remember the big beats i guess okay so mossflower as we said is a prequel so if the first book You know, uh, Redwall Abbey has been founded and Martin the warrior is kind of the, you know, symbol of Redwall and it's all, it's all that. This is taking place hundreds of years before, or at least a little while before. I don't know how many years and mouse years this is taking place, but this is following Martin the warrior as he's kind of wandering from the north. Martin is a warrior mouse who comes from a long line of warrior mice. See, I got mice right this time. So go (laughs) me. I'm improving. And so Martin kind of makes his way down south. And as he's kind of crossing through Mossflower, he's captured by the army. Verdaga Green Eyes. Valdaga Gre- Green Eyes. Yes. From the fortress of Cotir. Verdaga is is a, a wildcat and he has two two children Sarmina, who is his kind of older child, I think, and Gingerbeer, who is a very kind of level headed, kind of pacifisty type person. So Martin is captured and brought very slowly to Kirtir, the fortress. So Martin is brought before Verdaga and he kind of antagonizes Sarmina. She takes the sword that belonged to his father and she breaks it and he tells her, what your father did was just what you did was right because I'm gonna kill you for breaking my father's sword. And he's thrown in the dungeon. Meanwhile, Sarmina is plotting with Fortuna the fox to kill her father, who she's been poisoning. She ups the poison. She kills him and then blames it on Jindavir, her brother, and so she can kind of take full control of Kotir and all of its armies of rats and stoats and all those people. She throws Jindavir in prison and kind of just like leaves more to rot. Meanwhile, Kora, which is the Council of Resistance in Mossflower, which Rachel so very kindly told me a little while ago, is kind of gathering its forces. They've they're getting tired of being at kind of the. The mercy of these wild cats. And, you know, they have all of these different kind of animals are together. There's a Bella the Badger, who's kind of the leader who lives at Brock Hall, which is the badger den. There are otters, there are squirrels, there are hedgehogs, there are moles. They're all kind of getting together to kind of make an attack on Kotier, but they're not sure what to do. They're kind of spurred into action when one of their friends, Gamph the Mouse Thief, who Rachel pointed out last time is very obviously based on Brian Jakes himself, because all he does is rhyme. We're definitely going to do some some reading of these rhymes a little later because they're just so good. He's captured by the forces of Quotir and kind of thrown in prison with with Martin, but Quorum kind of organizes, gives, gets him his mouse tools, his thief tools. I guess, I guess if we were making this a, a D&D party. He would very obviously be the rogue. Right. Very much so. Very much so. They give him his tools and then they, so they break out, but not before kind of running, running through the the palace and kind of, you know, causing all this mayhem and finally escaping and they escape. And they lead Sarmina and her forces on this like huge mouse chase through the forest where they finally flee and are kind of helped out by the otters. And we learn that a Sarmina is deathly afraid of water, which, you know, makes sense for a cat. But you know, it's it's kind of like over the top. So as they're kind of going, going about this, things kind of progress. Martin is kind of the kick in the pants that Korra meets to be like, okay, we're gonna like actually start resisting. We're kind of done with with just kind of play fighting. We really want to like overthrow these wildcats, particularly because it's just gonna kinda kinda get worse and worse under Sarmina's hands. This kind of spurs the next. The whole next thing where Bella Hall, the kind of badger leader of the resistance, tells Martin that the only person who could save them is her father for the fighter, who is kind of like all male badgers and all some female badgers. Also, another thing I want to talk about, go to Salamandestrum, which is this giant kind of volcano on the edge of the earth, essentially, so that Martin and Ganf and Din, the Amol, Kind of set off for Salamandastron after kind of finding some clues. The the our three Shepherd heroes are crossing Mossflower. They they were given a, a directions. They're crossing Mossflower and they meet with all these like random different things. Okay, so they, they,
0: they <laughs> end up in Mount Bad. So they follow this riddle. They're okay. searching for Salamandastron <laughs> to to get help from Boar the Fighter, and they run into a shrew named Lagoag who is like the ferryman, and his whole village that he was chieftain of uh, was captured by slavers. So he built this boat. They decided to take it down the River Moss towards Salmendistron because he's got nothing better to do, and he just finished building this gorgeous boat. And they sail on the river and sail off of a waterfall. (laughs) And uh, the boat is destroyed after like five pages. Martin, Denny the Mole, and Lagalag wind up in Bat Mount Pit which we never see again, Mm-mm. but these very bats, amazing. They think that Gamp is dead, mm-hmm. so they give him up for dead. There's an owl that's terrorizing the bats. that can't ever leave the mountain, and so they build a contraption to get rid of the owl and destroy her nest and her babies. What the fuck? When they leave, they go down into a swamp. They encounter a bunch of toads and wizards and other reptiles, which we'll discuss. They're thrown into a pit with a giant eel, but they kind of talk the eel into not eating it. And guess who else is living in the pit with the eel? None other than Gonf, who had been captured when he was separated from them in the waterfall like three days prior. So they get out, they make it to Salamandastron, they meet Boar. He shows Martin the cave where all the badger prophecies come from, and he wields Martin a sword using metal from a meteorite. <laughs> badass and he basically makes it like a samurai sword and folded the blade hundreds of times so it's super sharp and dense which i guess is a good thing Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also there's like a sea rat named ripfang who has a boat whose boar is like deadly enemy right he's He's been taunting boar this whole time so they finally have it out and boar goes down fighting basically the entire crew of this ship while martin and the others including some hares a steel ripfang ship. And when they get on the ship, all of Logalog's village is there. <laughs> Plus Martin's friend, Tim Ballisto. Imagine that. <laughs> and they get back home by sailing up the River Moss. In the meantime, Coram is trying to figure out how to defeat Sarmina once and for all because they realize they can't just wait for Martin to come back. So they mount this resistance effort. They realize that they can dig holes underneath Cotir and flood it using the river. And, you know, Sarmin's a cat, so she hates water. So wouldn't that be awesome? But the river water is pretty low. It turns out that the water's only going in slowly, so it's not going as planned. So they retreat to Beer's farm. They send all the kids and the women out to Gingivere's farm, which uh, he created. And then we know that his descendant, Gingivere, Many, many generations from now uh, is going to help Matthias in that same place. Oh, Also, at some point, like, while they're rescuing Martin from Cotier, they run into a bunch of mice who come from Loam Hedge Abbey. We're looking for a new home. So they're there, and they provide, like, healing and logistical support. And that's where Gamp meets his girlfriend, Columbine. Anyway, <laughs> so it's been, like, a whole season. It's, like, the summer now. And this story started in in the winter. They're kind of like in their last ditch efforts with fighting off Cotier. Meanwhile, this fox named Bane comes like walking down the road with, with uh, his troop. Yeah. And comes up with all these ideas that somehow Sarmina never came up with on her own to try to attack the woodland. But Sarmina tries to outfox him by giving him a cloak that is usually worn by the Pine Martin Ashweg and this eagle who we keep seeing every single chapter is like waiting and waiting and waiting to eat a pine martin. Eventually, he sees Bane's cloak and uh, carries him off and eats him, thinking that it's uh, the Pine Martin, but it's not. And he dies very disappointed while eating Bane. Martin then comes sailing up on the ship, and he uses it to dam the river so that there is enough water to do some damage to Cotir. He has a final battle with Sarmina where they duel. She goes crazy and retreats into the water and drowns herself. And uh, Martin... Is mortally wounded, but is brought back to life by Abbess Germain. And Columbine and gump get married, and that's the story. They eventually rebuild Redwall Abbey right on the foundations of Cotier, which I feel like does not sound <laughs> if it's just been flooded. So I guess we're supposed to think that the Abbey Pond is like the remainder of the lake that Cotier turned into. I think so, yeah. And that is Cavern Hole, like the cellars that they kept the gloomer in hmm yep and so the glue the are,
1: uh, there, uh, they're like evil like blind giant sea rat they're golems who they like forced to fight who they forced to fight the uh, otters is like giant fish yeah yeah
0: yeah so as you can see a lot happened in mossflower most of it just kind of confusing and a little extraneous yeah i feel like this is where the formula for this series gets set and in Redwall, the pacing felt better because it was just like the story that he was telling to these kids and writing down or something. Yeah. And then he was like, well, shit, now I have a five book contract. <laughs> I got to get organized. And he was like, I'm going to have 50 chapters and something is going to happen in each chapter. And so I found the the, the, I found the pacing of Mossflower to be just kind of like frustrating and confusing. Yeah, there were a
1: lot of like, there are too many mini boss fights.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely it.
1: And not only are there too many mini bosses, there are also characters who are way too important to the plot, who came on way too late. Like Sunflash.
0: Suddenly showing up at the end. (laughs) Yeah, they, they talk about Sunflash throughout the whole book. It's almost like a Homeric epithet. My father bore the fighter, and my lost son, Sunflash the mace. And then he shows up in the very last page of Mossflower. And we don't hear anything about him. Like, truly don't. until. Outcast of Redwall, which was written seven years later. <laughs> but I think what's been interesting for me of reading the books in publication order instead of chronological order is like that the real story and the main characters of the Redwall books are not the mice. Like there's a whole epic with the badgers in the background mm-hmm. that stretches across like hundreds of years because the badgers live a lot longer than any of the other creatures. Right. So I'm excited for you to see that story play out. Yeah.
1: No, I, I I, love, I remember loving the badgers. Yeah, definitely. Like the mice are like the absolutely the least interesting part of this. I want to know more about like the otter civilization, right? They have the hot pepper stew, which sounds delicious.
0: You know. can make that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just like Tom Yum soup. Awesome. I'm <laughs> totally down for it.
1: Thank you for joining us for our first episode of Mossflower. Tune in next week when Rosa and Rachel discuss the weird hatred of birds in mossflower, who gets to be civilized, and we also complicate our conversation about whether or not Brian Jakes was racist as well as sexist. Tune in next Monday for all of these discussions and more. In the meantime, stay safe and dry, and don't forget to have a late summer cordial. They're particularly good this year.